one last clip I want. Yeah, there is more. There was more. Okay, I guess we're going to skip the rest of that uh, video there, that last part uh, there, or was that the beginning again? Maybe I missed it, sorry. Nonetheless, we'll get the lights here too, and uh, fantastic. Appreciate the updates uh, from the Frankensteins and the um, camps, doing a great job there. Boy, I don't know about you, but I sure am glad we live in the country, amen, and uh, seeing that city and things there and all the people and hustle and bustle, but uh, it's good to hear of the work. appreciate all that's happening there in the city of Amsterdam and what the Lord is doing there and uh, grateful for the... Uh, the man, what an impact! 170 nations represented in that city. Man, they talk about a melting pot. And uh, so we're going to pray for both of these missionaries and pray for all of our missionaries. Exodus chapter 28. If you'll turn with me there, Exodus chapter 28. In the few minutes we have left, share with you a message simply entitled "A Lesson from a Levite." A lesson from a Levite. And so, uh, uh, just encourage you uh, as we turn to Exodus chapter 28. And uh, uh, when we think about Jesus Christ, and especially in Hebrews, but also much of the New Testament, we're confronted with this simple truth about who he is. And uh, the part of his ministry, it's his ministry as a high priest. His ministry as a high priest. And uh, we'll see that in Exodus chapter 28, some things talked about here. Um, in First Timothy chapter 2, and verse number 5, Paul identifies Jesus Christ as the one mediator between man and God. And uh, again, another part of that ministry as a high priest. In Hebrews, and a great passage here that we're, as we're studying Wednesday, we'll see it more. But he's presented as the great high priest. He, he far exceeds uh, Aaron and Melchizedek and others. And I, I love this statement made about him in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession and encouragement in that, okay? So as we begin to understand the ministry of Jesus Christ as the high priest, we we start to look back at the Old Testament. When the great uh, facts about the Old Testament is, in the entire system uh, of the Israeli worship, and specifically around the temple and the high priest, there is so much symbolic aspect to it. In fact, it even reaches to uh, the, the clothing or the garments of the high priest. They represent so much about the very ministry as a high priest of Jesus Christ and uh, it, very much a foreshadow of that high priestly ministry of Jesus Christ. And so today, tonight, we want to briefly consider one aspect about the garments of the high priest. Uh, it was a Levite of the Levitical line, and so we'll learn a lesson from a Levite tonight. Let's look, if you will, with me, verse number 15 of, uh, of Exodus chapter um, 28. We'll pick up in verse 15. And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work of the ephod, thou shalt make it. Of gold, of blue, of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twined linen shalt thou make it. Four square it shall be uh, being doubled. A span shall be the length thereof, and a span shall be the breadth thereof. And thou shalt set it in settings of stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, and topaz, and a carbuncle. This shall be the first row. And the second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, a ligure, and an agate, and an amethyst. Verse 20. 
In the fourth row, a barrel and an onyx and a jasper, they shall be set in gold in their enclosings. And the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve, according to their names. Like the engravings of a signet, every one of his names shall they be according to the twelve tribes. And thou shalt make upon the breastplate chains at the end of the wreath and work of pure gold. Verse 23. And thou shalt make upon the breastplate two rings of gold, and shalt put the two rings on the two ends of the breastplate. And thou shalt put the two wreathen chains of gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate. And the other two ends of the two wreathen chains thou shalt fasten in the two ouches and put them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod before it. Verse 26. And thou shalt make two rings of gold and thou shalt put them upon the two ends of the breastplate and the border thereof which is in the side of the ephod inward. And two other rings of gold thou shalt make and shalt put them on the two sides of the ephod underneath toward the forepart thereof over against the other coupling thereof and above the curious girdle of the ephod. Verse 28. And they shall bind the breastplate of the rings thereof unto the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue and it shall it may be above the curious girdle of the ephod and that the breastplate be not loosed from the ephod. Verse 29 where we'll finish. And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart when he goeth into the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. Okay? I, I love this description of this piece of the high priest garment uh, specifically dealing with that breastplate uh, of judgment it's called twice here in this passage. It's called the breastplate of judgment that's attached to the greater ephod. Uh, that, that's part of the girdle and the shoulder pieces and so forth here. Okay? That breastplate's kind of interesting and you see the, the picture of the, the stones representing here and, and uh, beautiful colors and so forth. They have the, the, the names of the tribes of Israel written on them. It, it's kind of curious. We don't know the order of that. There's other times that God gives the order how the names should be written. This time, we don't find that in scriptures, how they're supposed to be, and which one appears on which stone and things like that. Many will look to Josephus, the historian. He had a, uh, some idea or a thought of what, how they were arranged on there. Doesn't really matter. I think the key point is verse 29, and it describes them as what? I love this statement. A memorial before the Lord continually. It's really a great thought. Here's the high priest. He gets dressed in his garments and he's going in to offer the sacrifice and to make atonement and whatever the case may be, description here. He's going in to the, the Holy of Holies and, and in that he has on his breastplate a representation, in fact a memorial it's called, of the 12 tribes of Israel, the nation of Israel. And in that sense, uh, literally on his heart, right? Because that's what the passage said. I hope you didn't miss it. He's going to have the names there on his heart. And the implication is, the reality, he is bearing them before God Almighty. So not only are they on his heart, they're on the heart of God. He, they are in his thoughts. They are on his heart, if we could describe it as such. And bringing them for a remembrance before God. Implying that in turn that uh, they would be brought as to the mind of God, be upon the heart of God. And we all know what a, a memorial is, especially with Memorial Day coming up and not too far away. What is it? It's a means of, remor of remembering. It's a stone, a plaque, a, a statue, whatever it is, an object that is established and erected. So it, it helps us. It brings it back to memory. It reminds us of something important that ought not to be forgotten. Uh, it brings it to memory. It makes us think about it. Oh, I see that and so forth. In fact, the video, uh, I remember the first time I was watching Brother Camp's video, I'm the kind of crazy guy that when he spun, did you see the statue behind there in a the little thing? I'm like, who is that? I want to know who that is. And so I, I just want to look and find out who's that in and what does that represent? Because it obviously is a memorial of somebody. 
probably somebody important, maybe that did something politically or religiously and, and so forth. It's a memorial. It makes us stop and think and remember. Well, I want you to see tonight, why, why did the high priest have these jewels here and the names of the tribes engraved upon them? It, it was to, for memorial. And I love that word, continually. Always before the mind of God, the heart of God. I'm burying them. I, I'm taking them before the God, I, before God, the Israel and the tribes. And so we can see and just put it in a simple statement. The memorial pictured Israel being on the heart and mind of God. Uh, it's a great thought. The thoughtfulness of God, his affection and love in a way displayed towards Israel. Literally, he's given this instruction. Okay, uh, here, here is, uh, you know, God in heaven tells you and I often to what? Pray. Pray about the things on your life. Now, does God already know everything going on? Yep. Does God know the 12 tribes of Israel? Yep. But he designed the high priest outfit to bring those names before himself. Much like he encourages you and I to pray. Does he know all that's going on in our life? Yeah, but he wants you and I to talk to him in prayer to bring those things before him. That's the love and the affection of our God. And furthermore, it is a picture of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ today, t- tonight, as he's in the, uh, the heaven, the, the heavenlies, in fact, Hebrews does a great job of describing him going to heaven, much like the high priest enters the holy holies, and he's in heaven now. Now, he's not wearing a breastplate of judgment. He's not wearing something with your name in it, my name, every Christian. That'd be a large breastplate, right? That's not the case. He's not doing that. However, there is something much greater that that represents about Jesus Christ. And man, I love this truth. Here it is. It's simply stated as this. He knows each one of us by name. And we are on his heart. He's thinking about us. And he's continually bringing us before God in a positive light. When, you, when we see this breastplate and we see those 12 tribes listed, it is a great picture of what Christ did. Hey, listen, those high priests, they just worried about 12 tribes. Jesus Christ is bringing our name up before God the Father continually. Uh, he's bringing us in a positive light. Our names are upon his mind and upon his heart. We are in his thoughts. The scriptures say it several times over, just a sampling of scriptures. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. Notice the statement. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Okay? There's a, a lot of people ask, what are you living for? Do you realize what this verse says? Right now, Jesus Christ is living to make intercession for us. Those who are unsaved, certainly, and what he did on the cross and interceding on their behalf. But for you and I as believers, he is interceding for us even now. There are times today, do not forget it, that Satan came and accused you before God Almighty this week. And Jesus Christ is there and he's pleading your cause based upon his righteousness. And other times he, he may say, hey, uh, that, that Christian there, and they call, he calls you by name. They need a little bit of grace right now. They need us to intercede in some way, supernaturally. They uh, one of the uh, part of the, the Godhead to, to interact, to do something. We are continually before him, our names, and 
our thoughts or his thoughts about us. Romans chapter 8, Paul put it this way in verse 34. Uh, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, here it is again, who also maketh intercession for us. Literally, he's at heaven or in heaven there going to bat for each of us continually. Okay, um, uh, obviously we have siblings here and children and so forth. I think it's always funny when uh, a sibling goes to intercede on a sibling's behalf before the parents. In other words, maybe there's a child and they got in trouble and they got sent to the room or something like that. And the other children want them to come play and, and that child will go to mom and dad, hey, can they get out of their room? Can they come play? And, uh, uh, or they'll say, hey, they didn't do that. They didn't take, no, they'll intercede on their behalf. And you know, really, literally, Jesus Christ is interceding on our behalf continually. And as we look around in this room and we think about all the Christians around the world, Boy, we uh, probably keep Jesus Christ pretty busy, don't we? All the things we do and all the things that happen in our lives, and yet, my friend, he intercedes on your behalf. He is a continual high priest. We'll see a statement about this in the Scriptures in just a moment. He is continually bringing your name. Have you ever thought about that? There'd be some here that if your name came before a famous movie star or a famous athlete, you'd be tickled pink. Oh, they know my name? Somebody mentioned them to me? Maybe a president or a political leader? Do you realize that you have a high priest in heaven who brings your name before God Almighty? Intercedes on your behalf. Regular basis. He ensures that on the mind and heart of God, you are there. You know, there is a great truth to this. Uh, that re- breastplate represents what Christ is to you and I and how he has us on his heart and mind. And it ensures that we are near to the heart of God. I like what that old hymn says, don't you? You remember the chorus or what we might call the refrain of that old hymn, near to the heart of God? It just simply says this, O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Catch this. Hold us who wait before thee near to the heart of God. And I love that truth. Jesus, would you help me today? Would you just keep me near to the heart of God? Would you mention me often and frequently? I have a rough day. I had a rough week. I, this week ahead is going to be difficult and tough. W- would you just hold me near the heart of God? It's great truth. And there's another part, though, the high priest's garment that goes hand in hand with this. And it's the ephod, right? Look back to verse number 9. We go, kind of go backwards a little bit. Um, verse number 6, you see, you see where it says, And they shall make the ephod of gold. And goes on that description. But let's pick up in verse 9 for sake of time. Notice what it says. And thou shalt take two onyx stones and grave on them the, the names of the children of Israel. Six other names on one stone, and the other six names the rest on the other stone. And here it gives a order. It gives how you're going to write them according to their birth. With the work of an engraver uh, in stone, like the engravings of a signet, and thou shalt engrave the two stones with the, the names of the children of Israel, and thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold or pouches of gold, and thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for memorial. Man, what a great statement. Another reiteration of that. And so let's understand what he's talking about right there, those two stones stones of onyx the names and birth order of the tribes of israel would have been written they would have stuck in those pouches there on the shoulder pieces of the ephod 
And uh, again, you see it, the statement here, what it's identified uh, as, it's as a memorial um, for Israel. And that Aaron would take those names again before Almighty God. And, but yet there's a great picture here. Why, why placed on the shoulders? Why, why do you see that uh, being thrown on the shoulders after throwing breastplate in this redundant? Why is there so much of that? Well, what do we often talk about like the, the broad shoulders of someone? What, what do we allude to that? Well, it's strength, right? It's the carrying of a heavy load. Put it on the shoulders and let me carry that and the strength to, to bear under it. So what does this tell us and picture about our Savior well, friend, it really can easily be seen. It pictures his faithfulness and his capability. What is that capability? Well, his burden-bearing ministry for you and I. The simple reality that he carries our burdens, specifically he carried our burden and our weight of sin to the cross of Calvary. There's not one of us that could have carried that load for all of mankind, and yet, guess what? Christ, in a picturesque sense, put him on his shoulder. He took all those sins to the cross of Calvary, and he paid for them there. Uh, it's a great picture that we see in even this here. Furthermore, it, it also speaks of the great confidence you and I can have in, in him right now. What is he doing? Well, he's the high priest. He's the great high priest. He's interceding on your behalf and my, my behalf. And so as that, not only is he saying, okay, devil, be quiet. They're under the blood. He's interceding on our behalf. He's bringing our name. Oh, yeah, I know who that person is. Yeah, I know who Earl Carpenter is, uh, father, and he's under the blood. And that sin is covered. He's interceding. He's mentioning us by name. We're on the heart and mind of God. But do you also realize the confidence that we also have? Casting all your care upon him. Why? For he careth for you. Cast all that care on him. As your high priest. Throw it on his shoulders. Everything in your life that's discouraging, that's hard and challenging, those trials you're facing, cast it on the shoulders of your Savior. He cares for you, and he wants to take that load. There is no burden, no weight that he cannot handle. So Christian, can I ask you this? Why don't you throw it all on him? Why don't you throw it all on him? Why are the things that you're wrestling through and that you're, you haven't gone in prayer and just taken it to him, and we think, oh, maybe that's too small, or maybe this is just, that. no, 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 casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Do you realize the reality is this? Jesus Christ wants to burden, share all of your burdens. He wants to care for your burdens. You know, the Bible tells you and I to bear ye one another's burdens. Well, Jesus Christ is the ultimate burden bearer. He wants us to continually throw to him. And I find this, don't miss it today, tonight. Man, what an encouragement this is. Sometimes when I'm working with the boys and we're outside and we're moving things and so forth, or we're getting groceries, and it takes a semi-truck to feed all of them. Anyway, um, we're loading the groceries and so forth. You say, hey, come over here. And boy, you start loading them up with something or groceries, whatever it is, or we're working the yard, stones or something. You're loading them up, and I put one on there. And you know what I often ask? Can you take any more? Can you carry any more? You know, and, the, you know, if you want to, as a guy, yes, I can, you know, and uh, you take it. All right, I think that's enough, <laughs> you know, and can't take anymore. But you ask, right, can you take this? Can I tell you right now, listen to me, listen to me carefully and take it home tonight. You'll never have to ask God, can he take anymore? Have I reached my limit, my quota for today? Is, are you done? Can I, have I thrown enough? Have I cast enough of my cares on you? No, my friend, you can never cast 
and more care on him than he can carry. It can't be done. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. My friend, as that high priest went into that holy of holies and he bore the, the names of the tribes of Israel, that, boy, that represented a lot of sin, that represented a lot of problems, that sort of thing. But you know what happened every year? That high priest went in and guess what? Made an atonement for that entire nation of Israel. All those burdens born within that place, taken care of. And your Savior and my Savior does the same thing. And this ministry has a high priest. Never forget, this ministry of Jesus Christ as a high priest, it is a labor of love. It's not a drudgery. It's not something that Jesus Christ just does because, you know, he has to. No, this is, this is a labor of love. My friend, he not only carries our burdens, but he has his name upon our heart. Man, we are close to the heart of God. We are in the, on the thoughts of God. And it's a simplistic truth, but my goodness, how often do we forget that you and I are in the heart and mind of the almighty creator, the all-powerful God of everything? It reminds us often, and it should be a tangible reminder of the truth revealed for us in Jeremiah 31, 3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Uh, therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And I like that picture of loving kindness. Hey, you and I say, man, I just, you know, people will talk to me sometimes, and I'm sure it happens to you. People will talk to me and say, I, I've just, I, 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 I'm sorry, I've just shared so much. I, I'm sorry, I've, I, I, I've thrown all these burdens on you. I'm sorry. You know what? Now, for you and I as humans, boy, we can get worn down with the burdens of others, but it never happens with our Savior, our high priest. We don't have to worry. I mean, did I give him too much? Did I say too much to God? Did I, did I cast too much care upon him? No, he says what? With loving kindness. Keep telling me. Keep sharing. You're on my heart. You're on my mind. My thoughts are towards you are peace. Oh, what a great God we serve. One of the great truths about Christ's priesthood is given to us in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24, and we'll quickly be done, but it says this. But this man, speaking of Jesus Christ, we've studied this here in chapter 1 of Hebrews. He continueth forever, so it's building on that. And he continueth forever. Notice that he hath an unchangeable priesthood. And I just can't help but think of our kind of encouragement for the year. It's not really a theme, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's an unchangeable priesthood. In other words, if he interceded on your behalf yesterday, he's going to do it today. He'll do it in the future. Every day you need him to intercede on your behalf, he'll be there. He'll be faithful. How about you? But uh, we're talking about school coming to an end and so forth. You know what? There's children who miss school for one reason or another. There's adults who miss work. God, Jesus Christ, our high priest, will never be found to be unfaithful. Never be absent as your interceder, as your high priest. Interceding on your behalf. Secondly, and man, it's a great truth. You had a difficult day yesterday. You cast a lot of care on him. Aren't you thankful he doesn't take a day off? Today, you can cast all that care right back on him again. And the cares of tomorrow and the cares of this week and the cares of next month and the cares of next year, you can just keep casting them on your Savior. We have, how did Paul put it? We have a great 
high priest. So you and I, as we walk out tonight, as we take away something of truth from this simple sermonette of encouragement, it would simply be this. Number one, be encouraged. You are in the heart and mind of God. What, that, what ought that to look like in our lives? Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it be troubled. Be encouraged that you're in the heart and mind of God. Yeah, but I have this going. No, no, no. Stop. You're on the heart and mind of God. And that leads us to the second thing that sometimes we fail to do. Be faithful in casting your cares upon him. And I like that word faithful because it tells us, you know what sometimes causes us not to cast our care upon him? A lack of faith. Lack of faith. Faith was substance that we talked about this morning. I don't know what God can do with this. I don't know how he can handle this. Hey, I don't know how God handles all the things that God handles, but I know he can handle it. It's just that faith. He, I'm going to cast it. So be faithful, casting all your care upon him. And last but not least, you know what? We're reminded in scriptures often, we ought to have an attitude of gratitude, right? So number three, we ought to be thankful for Jesus Christ, our interceding, loving high priest. You know, I think it's appropriate for you and I in our prayers to just be thankful to Jesus Christ for what he does on our behalf. How he intercedes for you and I. How he's there. How he listens. And he takes our burdens before God. And boy, he cares about us so much. And it's amazing to me that our Heavenly Father would picture all of this in the simple garment of a high priest. Because my friend, that was done away with. But it pictured a much greater high priest in Jesus Christ. And to that we say, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. Father, thank you so very much for your word. I'm grateful that even in these symbolic things, these foreshadowing of what we enjoy today, you've given us such great lessons. And Lord, I pray that we'd put these three things into action tonight, this week. Uh, Lord, I pray if there's one here that's discouraged, one that's disappointed, and Father, maybe they've been hurt this week, maybe they've been let down in one way or the other, I pray that they would find great encouragement in the reality that they are on your heart and mind. Father, I pray that today, this week, we would not let our hearts be troubled. May we turn to you. And then number two, Lord, as our hearts are tempted to be troubled, I, I sure do pray that we cast all of our care upon you in return. That when our hearts are tempted to fret and worry and be troubled, that it would remind us, oh, I need to take this to my God. And that, Father, we would cast that care upon you. And then thirdly, my Father, I, uh, I praise you that Jesus Christ is there interceding on our behalf. Lord, I, I am so thankful that each one of us has a faithful high priest in him. Father, I don't know what we do without him interceding on our behalf, what he's done on the cross of Calvary for us. And so this evening, we praise you for Jesus Christ. Praise you that he is a high priest to each and every one of us. May we not take it for granted. May we be ever thankful and grateful for it. And may we rejoice in what you have done for us and what you have given us in him. Father, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for the lessons you teach us. Help us now to go and live in light of these truths. Bless us as we go from this place. I pray you keep us safe. And Lord, may we look forward to being back on Wednesday and then again next Sunday. And Lord, just meeting together as, as Brother Camps alluded to. Lord, this place is a place of peace. As we gather together as the ecclesia, the, the church, the called out ones. I pray, Father, that this would be that respite every time we come from a world gone crazy. 
that, Lord, this would be the place where we come to root ourselves and anchor ourselves in the truth of your word and to enjoy the peace that only we as your children can enjoy. May your hand of blessing be upon Fostoria Baptist Church tonight and in the days ahead. Father, we love you so very much. It's in Christ's precious name we pray. Amen. Join me in standing. Let's grab our hymn book on the way up. Going to ask Brother Dave. So much appreciate him filling in for Pastor Aaron, who's out this weekend on a family vacation thing, and he'll be back this week. But appreciate Brother Dave doing a great job filling in.